2: Hey fans, a little bit of a disclaimer before the podcast starts. Um I recorded this about two weeks ago, I believe it was the day before the NBA finals tipped off. And unfortunately I had problems exporting the podcast, had a lot of problems, had to do a lot of editing and a lot of um, a lot of a lot of problems converting files and everything to make this podcast possible. That's why it's being uploaded so late. But I still chose to upload this because I thought this was an amazing podcast and I still think it's worth a listen. So This is an NBA Finals preview, even though the NBA Finals are over at this point, Golden State won in five games, but I still think that this is a podcast worth listening because I believe that both my guests gave incredible content, and I believe this is one of the best podcasts I've ever done for the NBA series, for the Strictly Hoop Talk series, so uh, without further ado, I'm going to toss it into the ad, and then I'm going to start the podcast, but... Again, I apologize for the delay of this podcast.
3: Attention Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have everything and they got more stuff coming soon i was just told that they have more stuff coming soon so fans go to anti-forever usa today and remember to use the special co- promo code platty to get 10 percent off your purchase that's p-l-a-t-t-e and make sure you know that the p is capital the link will be in the description of the podcast shop anti-forever
2: usa today anti
3: Time today got a got a new guest to the NBA podcast, a good guest to the NBA podcast, and that is Def Pen Editor and Chief of the Sports Section, Rob Lopez. Rob, how you doing, man?
1: What's going on, Chris? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I don't know about good guests, but new for sure, for sure new.
3: Yeah, for sure, for sure new. We'll see how this we'll see goes. how good it goes. Yeah. All right, man. We we are here because the NBA Finals, the predictable NBA Finals matchup, is finally here. Um, I'm gonna split this into two podcasts or, or combine it into one podcast. But on, on your side, we're just gonna talk Warriors, and then I'm gonna have my buddy Noah Laufman on a little later, and sure. we're gonna talk Cavs side. So this will be the Warrior side of the podcast. So if you hate the Warriors, you can skip this, or if you just want to hear the, this side of the podcast, please do. I appreciate it. Um, anyways, let's jump it. Let's jump into this part. So the Warriors side. Is 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 interesting um, to me? You know, uh, one of the things that one of the things that I, I kind of go back and forth on is what is the Warriors' biggest uh, matchup advantage? Uh, where where do you see Rob? I'll let you I'll let you start this. Where do you see their biggest advantage uh, over um, in Cleveland? Well, I mean,
1: you look you look at everything at face value, whenever you're analyzing things, breaking down a series. Um, you know, everybody wants to point the stats. Uh, offensively, these are the top two offenses in the league uh, in the whole playoffs. Um, and, you know, they, they, they have all the players. I mean, they have seven all-stars in this series. It's the most in one NBA final since 1983. It's ridiculous. It's This series could be one of the best we've ever seen. But the, as far as the Warriors are concerned, it's really hard to pick one thing that they're head and shoulders way better than. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're breaking it down piece by piece, uh, Stephen Curry and, and Kyrie Irving, for the most part, they'll even each other out to as far as shooting, scoring, um, and defensive impact is concerned. You know what I mean? Everybody will argue, sure, Stephen is probably the greatest shooter of all time. Granted, but Stephen Curry doesn't dominate a game driving to the rim, creating contact at the rim like Kyrie Irving does. So there's some give and take there. Um, We're going to look at Kevin Durant, LeBron James. You have the greatest scorer in in the NBA currently in Kevin Durant against quite possibly the greatest player of all time in LeBron James. Um, But as far as their abilities, they pretty much kind of even each other out. Uh, I'll give LeBron a passing edge there, Um, but, you know, scoring in the post they're both really good in the post. The LeBron's a fantastic passer, but uh, three point shooting I'll give to Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? You go down to the big fellas down low. Um, I'm going to take Zaza Petrulia out of this equation just because Zaza's a starter just at, in a name. He's not a starter in, and he's not an impact player in the sense of, okay, he's going to be coming down to the crunch time minutes here. Um, it's either going to be KD down there with Draymond or JaVale McGee. Um, I I look at the Cavs, and I see two guys in Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love who could probably grab 15 rebounds in their sleep um, each. So, uh, But as far as looking at it for the Warriors side, I think you have to take it back to the backcourt there, and I think the Warriors have an advantage in their backcourt, contrary to popular belief. Um, you know, We've seen what Kyrie Irving has done, and he's killed it. Um, throughout the playoffs, he's, he's had a ridiculous game against the uh, Celtics last round, hurt his ankle, Got back up, dropped. What was it, forty three or something like that? Um, right. Yeah. It, it was. It was crazy. But if I'm looking at both parts of the backcourt, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson against Kyrie Irving and J.R. Smith, or or possibly Darren Williams playing that too, coming off the bench, um, or even Iman Shumpert, I'm I'm giving I'm giving the edge to the Warriors. Klay um, Thompson is probably the best defender in this series outside of Draymond green and LeBron, I would say he's probably third. If you want to do defend de- defensively um, shooting Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, are I, I mean, they're the, probably the best shooting backcourt in NBA history. Um, Clay has a little bit of sneaky athleticism to him too, which is kind of, which could be scary. If you see him cutting to the rim, the way he does getting up for dunks, we've seen Clay Thompson put down some nice dunks. If he cuts to the rim and grabs the ball at the right time. So, um, you know, the thing with the Cavs is that they have a guy in Jr. Smith who could easily, I think easily could drop 20 to 25 points if he wanted to, um, but he also could shoot one for seven and only score five, you know what I mean? Um, right. Clay's struggled this playoffs, but I don't think this st- – this series is going to be where Clay continues to struggle. I think that's going to be knocked out, and they're going to start to get Clay more involved, much like the Cavs did last round with Kevin Love. So I think the I think for the Warriors, their their advantage is definitely going to be in the backcourt because it's not going to be in the front court. That's going to be a disadvantage for the Warriors. I think I think if Cleveland has Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson scraping coming down with rebounds, um, you know, twelve rebounds a game or whatever for each of them. You know if Tristan can reach that upper echelon we've seen it before where he's grabbed 18 20 rebounds especially against the Warriors um, so I think I think the backcourt's going to be the difference maker for Golden State as far as matchups are concerned lineup wise
3: yeah I agree with you um, Clay Thompson is definitely the swing man in this series like you said Steph Curry Kyrie uh, they, they'll probably each night they'll probably kind of alternate who gets the best of who I mean Kyrie has won the head to head matchup and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say there's a slight sure. edge. But, you know, I do also I was also in that camp last year that said, Hey, Curry's not healthy. Like he's like this He wasn't. Is, he he he's he just wasn't. I and I don't think it was talked about enough during the time. It's been talked about a lot since, but um during the time it wasn't really talked about. And so I think that I think that this year it'll be a it'll be a much um closer margin. And, you know, like you said, Steph Curry could end up being the better or they could end up being on the same level, but I don't expect Kyrie to have as big of an advantage as he did last year over Curry. That's for sure. So Klay Thompson to me is the swingman. You're right. LeBron and KD. LeBron's gonna win that, but um, but over overall, it's not gonna be that much of a difference. And then you're gonna have then you're gonna have Love and Draymond, and Draymond just hasn't really scored the ball much. Um, but you know, he his game is more passing and facilitating and playmaking for others. Um, so. When it comes to when it comes down to it, Klay Thompson is the matchup that they're going to be advantage of, and I like that you brought up his cuts because I think his cuts are a big part of his game. He gets a lot of easy points. He gets, I mean, you know, you can kind of argue that Klay Thompson is one of the easy, gets like the easiest buckets in the league. Uh, Even now,
1: yeah. last year he got a bunch of easy looks. Even now, yeah, I mean, KD he gets a ton of more easy looks. He just has to hit them. That's his thing. He wasn't hitting them throughout the first couple couple yeah. rounds.
3: Yeah, and a real quick funny story, side story on this. I'm sure you heard this covering covering the league, but uh, one of the things that was uh, that was said in the Kevin Durant meeting when um, when they when the Warriors were making their pitch to Kevin Durant this last summer, um, he said uh, Clay said <laughs> Clay said to him, you know, you know how when you're pitching to a star free agent, you want to cater to him, right? You want to say like, oh, look at all these shots you're gonna get, look at everything, and Clay Thompson just says. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have way more open jumpers. Like that was that was what he said. And um, his
1: regular season wasn't far different than last year either.
3: Yeah, it, exactly. It, and so like Clay, Clay's just always been open about um about you know how he's going to how he's going to fit into the system. So I, I and I, and you're right. We can't expect Clay Thompson to struggle for for an entire playoffs. Like one one round, maybe two, with how quick the Warriors are, you know, are, are advancing. I can see that but outside of I like, now he's 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 going to get into a groove especially if this ends up being a longer series he's going to have a game or two. So I agree with you but um one thing you brought up that was interesting was the whole the whole center position. And that to me is a huge huge uh huge I I want to say I don't want to say question mark but um or dilemma because that would imply it's a negative thing but uh just basically that situation in general, uh, the center position, like you said, Zaza starts, but he's kind of the de facto starter. He's not really a starter. Um, JaVale McGee and Draymond Green play a lot of minutes at the center position as well. Uh, how do you how do you expect Steve Kerr slash Mike Brown, which we don't know Steve Kerr's health, but um, how do we how do we expect the Warriors to kind of flesh out that starting center rotation? Do you see this as a series where Zaza? Could get more minutes, less minutes. Uh, JaVale McGee gets more minutes, less minutes. Like, how are they going to allocate these center uh, these minutes at the center position in this series?
1: Um, you know, it's going to be really it's going to be really interesting depending on how the game goes. I think the Warriors have this tendency to to come out early and just step on somebody's throats and just crush their jugulars, and that's it. The game's over by halftime. You know, uh, yeah. we saw it against the Jazz. We saw it against the Blazers. We saw it so many times. So we really didn't get to see um, a lot of their best lineups or a lot of their best—I uh, don't want to say like their best players, but a lot of their best options there as far as five-man lineups. I mean, when it comes down to it, crunch time. Let's not play. Let's not kid ourselves. We're not. We're not seeing Zaza out there. We're not seeing Draymond McGee out there. We're going to see the Warriors to find five of yeah. uh, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, um, Andre Iguodala. Kevin Durant and Draymond Green at the five, and I think that's where the Cavs could possibly can possibly take that t- take control of the game and kind of slow it down because they do have two really um, devastating interior threats, especially with Tristan Thompson on that glass. I mean, if Tristan Thompson's planted in there grabbing boards. Nobody's going to – Draymond Green, everybody's talking about Draymond Green on LeBron, Draymond Green on LeBron. No, I think you have to put Draymond Green on Tristan Thompson and make sure that you control the glass. More than anything, if you lose the the rebounding game against the Cavs, a team – we, how many times did we see it throughout the playoffs? Kevin Love gets a rebound, rifles it out. LeBron's there for an easy dunk. Kyrie's there for an easy layup. We saw it so many times. You need to control that glass and get the ball down so you have the opportunity for easy, either a fast break or you get the ball back and reset your offense. I think, you know, that's going to be a, a detriment for Cleveland. I mean, uh, for Golden State, when it comes to matching up with Cleveland, because they do have those two good interior forces in um Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. But it's just going to be really about, okay, how do they use that to their advantage if you're Cleveland? How are you going to use that to your advantage? You know, is Kevin Love – what Kevin Love are we going to see? Are we going right. to see, you know, first four – first six games of last year, Kevin Love in the finals? Or are we going to see this playoffs, Kevin Love, back to his Minnesota days, even better, 20 and 10, you know, double-doubles doing his – playing his role, being the, you know, best – Third option out there, uh, outside of the Warriors, Um, you know, Zaza is going to play like ten minutes. You know, it's not going to be anything. Javale McGee will be out there with some faster lineups, some running gun lineups. When you see Clay, when you see Steph out there um, with guys like Ian Clark, KD, it's going to be like their their you know lanky, um, fast lineups that they like to run sometimes. Um, But I don't see you know. When it comes down to crunch, if it's if it's the last eight, seven, six minutes of a game and the game's close, and you see JaVale McGee out there, then that means their their lineup of death is not working, and that's going to be what Cleveland needs to do. Is they're going to need to um, they're going to need to, to, exploit to it. yeah exploit that lineup of death, especially on the glass.
3: Yeah, I agree. And one thing you brought up that's very interesting, and I think this is where the Warriors can kind of fall into a trap here, and that is. And that is with the center position. I brought this up um, throughout many podcasts throughout the year when I talked Cavs Warriors. And one of the things that, you know, I noticed when Bogut went down was that LeBron and Kyrie got basically free passes to the rim. I mean, j I know is a good defender and Kevin Durant, has stepped in. and Kevin Durant's and a low key, really good yes. rim protector too. Yeah. So that's
1: going to be interesting too. Is he going to be able to drop back protect the rim, or is he going to is he going to play more kind of like LeBron yeah. did last year, play center field?
3: Exactly. And, and with with Kevin Durant playing the rim, you know it, it's still going to be hard against because I mean LeBron and Kyrie are two all time great finishers at the rim. Yeah, uh, they're they're really they're really good at finishing at the rim. And, and so so I'm wondering. Should the Warriors try and maybe go with JaVale McGee or someone for a few more minutes? Actually, because because I mean LeBron is was just kind of getting to the rim effortlessly those last few games.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that's where guys like not even Javel so much. I think somebody like Zaza or David West, those guys are going to play an important role kind of just being at the rim and kind of just being that big brick house that LeBron doesn't like to run. Think of when LeBron had some playoff struggles back in the day when he was with Miami or even even with Cleveland his first time around. He had an issue with going to the rim and hitting that brick wall. Boom. Mm -hmm. Every time he goes to the rim against Indiana, hits Roy Hibbert and just – falls back you need that big guy in the middle there just to eat that contact and i think javel can javel's more of a uh finesse blocker
3: yeah he's kind of a
1: you know i want to get that big block you know what i mean he's not there to get the contact you put david west in there in the middle david west will eat that david west will take that lebron contact so i think those guys are going to play it's it's really about who sets the tone in this in the series especially from game one lebron has a history of being bad in game ones of any nba finals Um, I don't remember the last time he won a game one in the NBA finals. I can't really put a uh, number on it, but I know he has struggled in game ones of the NBA finals. I think if the Warriors could come out in game one and just throttle them and beat them by 30, even 20 points, that's going to set a tone for the rest of the series. I think Cleveland needs to come out and and start swinging from the jump because, you know, they're relaxed. If you look at the two different teams, I mean, Cleveland's relaxed. They're calm. They're, they're, you know, cool. We're partying after Easter conference finals when you flip over to – Golden State, you know, they're not doing that. Now, I'm not saying, you know, one guy, you shouldn't do it this way, you should do it this way, Whoever, whatever you want to do, do it up. But um, it's obvious that Cleveland has that mindset that they're like, all right, we're going back to Golden State. We already won a game seven in the NBA finals against them. We have nothing, you know, they, they have nothing up on us mentally. And LeBron already knows mentally, like, these guys are doing this. These guys are bringing everybody up together to beat me you know what i mean if the golden state if they didn't win kevin Durant has gone on record and said golden state wins last year he doesn't go there he's gone on record and said it so it's obvious they're they're going after lebron they're not going they're not you know they are part of it is they're having fun and they can do this if they want to do it that's cool but another part is they're going there to beat lebron and that's really what everybody is everybody saying that you know, you got to catch up to Golden State. No, everybody's trying to catch up to LeBron James. It's not about Golden State anymore. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's really about who can protect that interior. Maybe not so much get the blocks, um, just protect that rim. You know what I mean? Make Kyrie second guess, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't drive in this time. That's what Kyrie was doing against the Celtics. He was just uh, killing them in the middle because Al Horford's not blocking no shots, Amir Johnson's not blocking no shots. They're just driving in the room. So I think it's that center position is really in the Cavs favor. But then again, you know, they have some bodies they can just throw down there and just say, hey, just create contact. You know, they have some big bodies, veteran bodies, expendable bodies, too, which is really important. Because if you look at Cleveland, say Tristan Thompson gets five fouls, four fouls in the first half or whatever, they're screwed. They need Tristan Thompson. You don't have another Tristan Thompson on the bench. If you get David West in four, four thousand ten, twelve minutes, all right, we can put Javale out there. We can put um, Zaza, ja- yeah. Zaza out there. Yeah, we could you even, if option. they want to reach down to the bench, we can put out some somebody like Mcadoo or Kevon Looney if they're willing to really, really, really reach down. I mean, they're not they're, David West. Somebody like that is not paying dividends as much as Tristan Thompson is for for Cleveland.
3: Yeah, they got the Warriors have. Technically, they have five people who they who they will, will, will probably see stre- uh stretches at the center position. That's Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Zaza, JaVale McGee, and David West. All five. Yeah, those girls, are their five. Yeah, and and that's funny because last year that was the advantage that Cleveland had, and that was part of the reason why Cleveland was able to dominate the glass is because they were deep on, uh, on, on the big side, as opposed to the Warriors who were who were pretty thin, especially when Bogut went down. Yep. and so that's one of that's one of the things you brought up that's very interesting. Um, another thing you brought up is you talked a lot about LeBron, obviously, and obviously he's the biggest factor in this series. Uh, so Iguodala looks healthier by all reports. Um, he by all reports he's healthier and just on the court physically from my eye test. Um, he looks he looks healthier.
1: I think he was just they were just like, we kind of don't need you, so let's rest you for the important. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were kind of. Yeah. You know, they know they know who's who's you know, who they need him for. You know what right. I mean? He's really at this point of his career he's really a um a specialty guy type of guy.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so now that now that he's healthy, is um is he the primary bronze stopper? Is it um like you said, Draymond, you kinda alluded to this earlier, Draymond and I agree with you should be matched up with Tristan Thompson slash Kevin Love a lot. Um, even though even though Draymond is the best defender the Warriors have should they try and throw uh throw Draymond on LeBron I don't I don't think he'll get that much cracks at LeBron I think the primary defenders in my opinion will be Iguodala and Durant and then outside of that you'll see some Clay and you'll see some Draymond but I would expect very little Draymond on LeBron uh do, how do you feel about that
1: In my opinion and this is just me speaking on me you know I don't think it'll be I don't think you know everybody can think whatever they want um Yeah but I honestly am one of the people who think that I don't think the Cavs or I don't think the Warriors should expend their best defender on somebody who can't be stopped. You're not stopping LeBron James. There's no way. You you can't yeah. you know, I understand Fair. like you know you <laughs> want to put somebody on there that you think can slow him down or whatever. Look, if LeBron James wants to get 40-15 and 15, he's going to get 40-15 and 15. We saw what happened last year. We saw what happened finals before you're not gonna stop him you're not you're just not it's it's stupid to think that somebody can come in and be like all right I'm, I'm stopping LeBron right now you're not you know this isn't you know Jimmy Butler this isn't you know another a, a guy who's on a tier below you know and no you know shade or anything to those guys those guys are all-stars they're fantastic players but I mean they have off nights given a matchup um, yeah. it's kind of like the same thing when Kobe was in his prime, when, you know, Ruben Patterson was the Kobe stopper. Like, no, he's not. Nobody's stopping Kobe. Nobody, Raja Bell is not stopping Kobe. If he wanted to get 25, you know, on, on, on seven, on 17 shots, he can do it. He's going to do it all night. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not stopping him. You're not stopping LeBron. It's just really that simple. You can do whatever you want to try to slow him down. That's why I think a guy like Kevin Durant, who's played some pretty decent defense, who, who is a really good defender. I mean, he's not, you know, yeah. a slouch. He's 6'10". He's, he close to seven feet. He has some wingspan. He knows how to play defense. You know, you're not losing anything. If you put KD and LeBron and they cross match each other, you're not losing anything there. You're not going to, you know, take your best defender out of there. I think they need to, 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 you know, it's fine too, if they want to put Draymond on there a couple of times, you know what I mean? Switches or whatever Um, matchups. if, If, you know, the lineup, if the lineup has KD out of there and it's a smaller lineup with different guys in there, Iguodala's not in there. Sure. But I don't think you need to sub out Draymond whenever LeBron comes out. You know what I mean? Like that's silly. Right. I think I think it I think just put Kevin Durant there. I think they, what the Warriors need to do is just eliminate everybody else. You need to get rid of Kyrie. You need to get rid of Kevin Love. You need to get rid of Tristan Thompson's rebounding. You need to get those guys out of the way and just pray that, you know, J.R. Smith doesn't get hot. Kyle Corbett doesn't get hot. Channing Fry. If he catches some minutes, doesn't he doesn't get hot. That's what they need to do. I don't think you're not going to stop LeBron. I don't, I don't, you know, you can be the best defender. You can be, look what they tried first round, Paul George on LeBron. The Cavs lit him up for 125 points every night. Don't try to stop LeBron. Just don't. Just let LeBron be LeBron. LeBron, if LeBron gets 40, 15, and 15, that's fine. But if LeBron gets 40, 15, and 15, and Kyrie only has 12, and Kevin Love only has 12, you're more likely to win. Don't right. focus the whole defensive effort on LeBron because we've seen it before. LeBron will get 20, and he'll still, and the Cavs will still win because Kyrie has 40, because Kevin Love has 25 and 15. I mean, you can't just focus everything and say, all right, we're going to try to cut the head off the snake. Well, this snake has an armor-plated shield around his neck. You're not cutting <laughs> it off. You're not.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and no, you brought up Kevin Durant's defense. He did a phenomenal job last year against the Spurs' Kawhi Leonard. Um, that, was, that was really a... a a I eye, eye poppy moment for me. He did really
1: good against Gordon Hayward too
3: in yeah, the second he did. round. He did, yes. And so I mean those were those were great moments that showed that he is a great defender. However, those guys are not LeBron James. No. So you're right. You're right. I agree with you. LeBron is LeBron. LeBron is gonna get what he wants, pretty much how he wants. And you know, so I, I expect Iguodala to get the majority of the crack. Because I imagine even with Kevin Durant, I imagine they'll want to, you know, kind of say, hey, get so many points that you cancel out LeBron. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: he's Iguodala is going
3: to be the primary dude, but I don't
1: think you're going to be able to just like uh, take one guy and kind of lock him in. Iguodala would definitely be the primary dude, but I don't think their objective is to there is going to be something like, hey, we're going to we're going to shut him down with just A. E. like, no, it's not going to work.
3: Yeah. I, I agree I agree um, I I think I think that with Iguodala with Iguodala being the primary defender they're gonna allow they're gonna allow Durant to kind of say hey get get a lot of buckets you know um, and then when you have to when Iguodala needs a break step on LeBron and Draymond Draymond should they should have Draymond's main focus you know and it, and it's hard to get a star player to do this but Draymond's the type of star player that will do this is you just say hey man. You got to really give it your all on the rebound on the glass. Like, we like they desperately need um, Draymond on the glass. But, you know, I, I think, like, like we said this year, uh, like we said this year, it's different with the Warriors and, and how deep they are at, at center or quote unquote capable centers. So, I think that that, that glass uh, advantage that Cleveland had is I think that's going to shrink this year. I think that gap because Cleveland got smaller. And Golden State got a little bigger. And, they better hope it does. Yeah, and so that and that was to me one of the biggest um, things that the, that the, that led to the Cavs comeback was just the fact that you kept the ball out of the Warriors hands, and especially when the Warriors can get a demoralizing three in a fast break pretty much any time they want now, when they have Curry, Durant, and Clay and Draymond all on the floor at once. You're pretty much getting a fast break three every time you get a fast break opportunity. You know they're again the most efficient looks and and everything. So that's that's going to be very interesting. Um, that's going to be very interesting to see how they control the glass. So to me, those are those are the biggest things. Are what do you do about LeBron? What do you do about um? What do you and what do you or how do you how do you do that rotation at the center position? That's going to be very interesting. Uh, do you have? As as we kind of wrap this up, do you have like one or do you have one more thing you want to say that you think is, is kind of important in the series from the Warriors side? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I when I look at the series, I think the three biggest there's there's three big things to me as far as um who's gonna win this series. My kind of three X factors, I guess you could say buzzword, whatever. Um, my three things that are gonna be really 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 important for it to dictate how this series goes. You know, beyond LeBron you know, doing being LeBron beyond Kyrie, beyond Stephen Curry. Let's look at it finite and let's see what can can make this series flip one way or the other. I think the number one thing that'll be a difference maker in this is going to be the play of Kevin Love. I think, you know, Kevin Love, if he does, like I said, if he's 20 and 10, if he's playing like Minnesota Kevin Love, like he has the last couple rounds, the Caps have a really good chance to win this. You know, that's going to be a big advantage they have. Like I said, if they have two guys inside – banging in there, getting boards, scoring, that's going to be a difference maker. So I think Kevin Love is going to be very important. The second thing I think is going to be the bench. Um, you know, if you're stacking up two benches by names alone, I mean, come on, the Cavs, just by names alone, have a ridiculously good bench. I mean, a lot of the guys are, you know, beyond their prime there, but look at the bench, Darren Williams, uh, Channing Frye, Kyle Korver. Iman Shumpert, Richard Jefferson, those are going to be some guys that could see some time and and make a difference, especially a guy like Richard Jefferson, who's just, you know, been chilling. They, they took the mothballs off him last year during the finals and he played dividends playing defense. Um, and you know, Kyle Corver one of the best shooters of the lot of this past decade. Uh, if he can knock down some big shots, Darren Williams, can he, can he be the playmaker that they thought he could, you know what I mean? Um, that's going to be important. That's the second thing. And the third thing, which we've been talking about, is the play of the big men, the centers. Who's going to be that big guy for the the Cavs off the bench? And who's going to be that big guy for the Warriors um, in their rotation there? Besides um, Draymond and, and Zaza, is, is David West going to come up? Is uh, you know, JaVale McGee going to be that guy that plays 15 minutes, gets some boards, rim runs a little bit? It's going to be interesting.
3: Yeah. All great questions and all questions that will be answered on the other side of the podcast, the Cavs side of the podcast. You want a prediction? Check that out. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, before we go, (laughs) go, give me your prediction. Prediction. All right, so I've been toying with
1: this for a long time. Not a long time. Well, yeah, a long time. I mean, we've kind of known who's going to be in the finals for like a month now. Um,
3: Just a month? I (laughs) I mean, since October.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, there was there was some times there where we were kind of like, ooh, it's going to yeah. go on here. The Celtics look good. The Wizards look good. You know, some, some people <laughs> right. were interested in that, and then, you know, um, that didn't happen. Oh, man, if – okay, gun to my head, I have to pick. I'm going to go Warriors in six um, for multiple reasons. One, I like – like I said, the Warriors – I mean, the Warriors have just too much damn firepower um, beyond Kevin Durant and – and Stephen Curry, like I said, that Klay Thompson, Klay Thompson, man, he's, you know, we've seen it before where he just lights up the scoreboard for, you know, 30 points in a quarter. Like, he's ridiculous. Um, he's going to be important. Um, I, I, I really like the play that Stephen Curry has been playing. I really like how Stephen Curry's been playing in the playoffs so far. He's been very, very important to the Warriors offense. Um But beyond that, Draymond Green. And if I'm putting money on it, I actually think I might. I'm going to put Draymond Green as my finals MVP. I just love the way he plays Mm. and the way he's been playing. I love his – I think he's really, really hungry to make an impact based off last year and what went on last year um, and how everything impacted their series and how people view it as his fault. You know, he might say, you know – It's not my fault. You know, things happen, blah, 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 whatever. But I think Draymond Green's going to be really motivated. I think he might average close to a triple-double in this series. Um, Wow. Very uh, hot take. I like that. uh, Scorching. Call me up, Skip (laughs) Bayless. Um, Yeah. Warriors in six. And I think the reason above all, more than anything, is I think the Warriors want to win one on the Cavs court. I think they want to close it out in six in Cleveland, win that title on that court. Because, you know, more than anything, you know, everybody's saying, you know, this petty stuff doesn't matter. It does. It matters to it these does. guys. And you could see it. I mean, these guys more than ever, you could see it. Especially now with LeBron, you know, these guys saying this, that, and the third about each other. It matters. And I think the Warriors want to close this one out. They're going to close it out in six. You're going to see a, you know, stumble here and there. And, and also, you know, it's not to take anything away from Cleveland. They're a fantastic team. If this wasn't, if this Warriors team wasn't the Warriors team that we've grown accustomed to the last two, three years, and it was just another, you know, run of the mill team. So anybody else, if this was if this was anybody else besides Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, Clippers, whoever else, Utah came out of the West besides Golden State. I'm picking the Cavs all the way because this roster is dope. Um, but the Warriors are just too damn good. I mean, you know, Cleveland's really good too. But I think who's going to have more firepower? Who's going to have more? Who has who has a wider a smaller margin of error you know what i mean like if golden state messes if one of their guys is cold it's all right we still got three more guys who can make up for that you know what i mean cleveland they have three main guys and if one of them goes cold they're screwed unless somebody like jr or corver or or darren williams comes off the bench and does some important things so i got wars and six and draymond green finals mvp averaging close to a triple double maybe not a triple double i'll give him like 15 9 and 8 something something kind of silly
2: hmm. wow
3: i like it right. yeah that's that's a very hot take a very genius and excellent prediction for hey, the finals because he's plus, that's what i predicted <laughs> he's plus eight
1: he, draymond green is plus 800 to win finals mvp i think i'm going to put a couple
3: couple shillings on that oh all right yeah i mean i'm no gambling man but that seems like a pretty good hot. <laughs> That seems like a pretty good odd to take. take um, i you know, what? I didn't, I didn't say who a Finals MVP was. I didn't make a prediction on that. Um, so I'll, I'll do it here on this podcast then, since I did, it. I didn't do it on the last podcast. Um, I'm gonna go with Kevin Durant for Finals MVP, but like you, I got worries in six for all the same reasons. I think, um, I think another thing is this does remind me, and it's not just because it's a lebron center team. But this reminds me a lot of that 2014 San Antonio Spurs when they just yes. came back and crushed them. But I don't think it's going to yes. be like that. I don't think it's going to no. be a crush. But I do think it's it's that level of revenge factor and that level of hunger we're going to see because this Warriors team, it's very you know you know the you know the labels about them. They're this cutesy fun team or whatever. But I think now they're like, oh okay, like they're they're ready to to really prove something. So, yeah, you know, it's time to get the business. And, and, you know, LeBron, there's a small part in the back of my mind that says the Warriors could blow this thing out of proportion, but then I'm like, LeBron is just too damn good, and I almost gave them a game seven, but I'm like, I can't see the Warriors losing three times in this series. Like, I really can't. They just, their room, their margin for error is just so much, so much greater than Cleveland's. And so yep. I think that the way the, I think the odds are just going to play out, and they're going to play out in the favor of the Warriors, and the Warriors will win in six because I think they just have lots more wiggle room when it comes to when it comes to errors. So I'm going Warriors in six. I'm going Kevin Durant Finals MVP. There, there's that narrative. There's a lot of people a lot of people want him to win so that he doesn't get vilified, even though he already is. But like they don't if, if he wins Finals MVP and everything and he balls out in the finals, that's going to really help his image. But has if if Steph Curry doesn't win it or I'm sorry, if Steph Curry wins it instead instead or something, then the narrative's gonna be oh Durant's the sidekick, blah 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 and so it, I think I don't matter to many. Damned narrative.
1: if you do, damned if you don't.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and, and then if, if Durant wins it, Curry's gonna be looked at as the glorified sidekick who never won who never won a finals MVP even though he's a hell of a player. But anyways, yeah. That that's it for this podcast, the Warriors Side of the Podcast. Stay tuned next for the Cleveland side, I'll have Noah Loffman come on and we'll talk uh we'll talk what the Cavs gotta do to win this series. And if you if you missed it, check out the podcast that I uploaded. It's with uh it's with Max. Max is a is a longtime guest of this show and he does great work. Uh and we we did a full on in depth Warriors and Cavs, both sides we kinda talked but Um, This time I was happy. I was happy to have you on, Rob. We've been talking about doing a podcast for a while. um, Long time coming, conflict. Yeah, long time coming. But I'm glad. I'm glad you could come on the podcast, man. So why don't they? Why don't you tell them where they can find you and your work at? Because you do do great work. I've checked up on your stuff, Uh, and I I like what you do.
1: Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Yeah, long time coming. For those who don't know, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. So I'm happy uh, we got to. Uh, chat and get on get on this episode of the podcast for you so thanks for having me um yeah so i mean you can check out my work if you want to just keep it keep it funky if you want to go on twitter you can follow me at r0bato roboto um or you can just give us a follow at def pen either at def pen hoops or at def pen sports on twitter instagram facebook it's all the same all throughout um show you love and uh yeah i mean just just you know, make sure everybody subscribes and listens to this podcast. And if you like what I have to say, I have some podcast sounds coming out soon, I believe. But, you know, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll announce when the time's right. But, yeah, you, uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter if you want to check out some more of my work um, and also the Def Pen Hoops, Def Pen Sports pages, too.
3: Awesome. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you, what you do with the podcast and everything. And, you know, like I said, you do great work. And uh, fans – I will put a link in. I will put uh, links in the description to his Twitter to all the Def Pen links that he talked about. So, if you don't know by now, um, fans, I always put the links to everybody's to all of my guests' work in there. So, um, so if you if you like if you like what you hear from these guests, go ahead and check out their stuff because they all do great work. Everyone that comes on this podcast has done a great job. And Rob, this is the first time, and. We were kind of shaky going into it, but you know what? I think I think we did okay. I think we yeah. did all right.
1: We'll definitely get the job done, for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, we de- We definitely got the job done. We stride for adequate, and we I think we reached that. There we uh-huh. go. All right, man. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast once again, and um, I'm sure I'll, I'll have you back soon.
1: Awesome, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks.
3: All right. No problem. Attention strictly Hoop Talk and strictly Hip Hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have everything, and they got more stuff coming soon. I was just told that they have more stuff coming soon. So, fans... Go to Anti-Forever USA Today and remember to use the special co- promo code Platte to get 10% off your purchase. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. And make sure you know that the P is capital. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Shop Anti-Forever USA Today. anti Alright, hello everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I am your host, Chris Platy, and joining me today is Noah Laufman. Noah, longtime guest, one of the first guests on the Strictly Hoop Talk series before it was even Strictly Hoop Talk. And here to talk on the other side, the Cavalier side of, of the podcast. I split this podcast into two. I had Rob Lopez on the first side talk about the Warriors. That was a great podcast. And then And then now Noah's going to talk Cavs, and I'm going to mesh them together to one um, kind of hopefully around an hour long, hour ten podcast, and uh, that way you get both fans get both perspectives, both Cleveland and Golden State. So on this side, we're just going to focus on what Cleveland has to do to win this series. So Noah, I'm going to start the podcast off like this, and you know when I when I come into this series, I think okay, what is okay, Cleveland. Actually, let's just if you if you just scrap the teams, if you just scrap the teams, you say, and, and attach no labels, no player names, no nothing. The team, the team that has the best player by far uh, of either side of the court and maybe the greatest player of all time. They have this team also has the PG, the point guard who has won the head-to-head matchup. Check the numbers, yep. and the team. That has the better bench and the team that can play versatile and win many ways they can win the slow physical way like they won last year or they could win with the finesse three-point shooting that they are just exponentially better at this year so no when i say all those things in a vacuum disregarding the teams and disregarding all the hype doesn't it sound like cleveland should be the favorite coming into the series
0: i hear what you mean chris but i, I do think there's something to be said with the lack of defensive effort that Cleveland has shown this season. As you know, I'm a big LeBron fan. And I've voiced my opinion on that many times in the show. And I'm a believer in Cleveland. But I understand why the Warriors, who won 73 games, who are top five, might even be top three, in both offensive and defensive efficiency, they have Kevin Durant on their team now. I get it why they are favored. If that makes sense. Now, I do think... Cleveland can win this series I don't think it's a sure thing on either side and I think we'll dive into what Cleveland has to do what matchups they have to exploit but I see what you're saying with obviously they have the LeBron factor so far Kyrie has had Steph's number I think the bench thing can be debated and I think ultimately it's going to come down to defense because both teams are going to get their points
3: yeah Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but just when you look at that thing in a vacuum, you think, all right, this team at least has a shot. If not, should be the favorite. So, um, right. I think it
0: should be probably like a near 50-50 toss-up. That's how I view it. I'm viewing the finals at least.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I would lean Warriors as far as favorite, as far as like just favoritism goes. Like, um, not favoritism, but like who is the favorite per se uh but you know you're you're right like I think I think a lot there's a there's a strong group of people that are kind of just washing Cleveland aside and I don't think that's the case at all and so um there's a lot of things that that play into that and um again the first thing we talked about is is Kyrie and you you kind of alluded to this with defense so I want to tie this all in real quickly um Let's focus on Kyrie because two of the three defensive player or two of the three big three of Cleveland are players who don't have great defensive reputations. That's Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And so, with that being said, um, Kyrie Irving, you know, you have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Zaza Pachulia. Mm-hmm. What on earth do you do with um, with Kyrie on defense? Do you, um, especially when they go to a death lineup, I mean, yeah. uh, where, where do you, do you put him on Clay? Because I think we've seen that a lot last year, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that's what I expect, especially because Clay has struggled this year in the playoffs so far, which I totally expect him to break out of that funk yeah. because he's just too good to struggle this long. Um, the only reason he struggled for three rounds, which sounds like a lot, but really it's 12, it's 12 games because the Warriors have swept their way through. So it's really not that 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 long of a struggle per se. So, anyways, we, and we I have, have a theory about that ahead. struggle, by the way. I, I don't. I'm
0: a little less concerned with the Clay Thompson struggle than a lot of people are.
3: Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm not. I'm not worried about it, Klay Thompson. You're when you're an all-time great shooter like that, you're not just gonna lose your jump shot.
0: Well, I think he's also just focusing all of his attention and energy on defense. I mean, the way he defended yeah. San Antonio in that Spurs series. Yes, they were without Kawhi and were shorthanded, but he just did such a great job uh, defending Patty Mills and other guards. And I, I, as someone who wants the Cavs to win this series, I'm actually very concerned with Clay Thompson's defensive ability.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know it's dangerous when you turn Clay, who's a superstar, into a three and D player. That's a dangerous. Yeah. That's a dangerous threat. Um, you know so. So he's gonna he and, and I even said in the Warriors side of the podcast I think he's gonna get some cracks at LeBron too because of how well he's playing defensively. So um any anyways with Kyrie though what do you what do you do do you, do you match him on Steph Curry do you throw him on Clay uh where where do you yeah. stick Kyrie defensively?
0: Well, I think the theme of this series on both ends is going to be a lot of uh, mixing and matching. I'm, right. i I'm not predicting. Uh, A set matchup for any of these guys that's going to stay consistent throughout. Now, granted, it's the modern day NBA that's all about pick and rolls. And these teams use screens more than anyone else. So there's going to be switching no matter what. But I do think it's interesting with Kyrie and Steph, because as you were saying earlier, both of them, tremendous offensively, two of the most gifted offensive players in the history of this league. Uh, But they have both struggled a lot on the defensive side of the floor in their careers. But I was reading an article the other day, and I've actually talked to people uh, that are big fans of the Cavaliers, and there's a general consensus among the Cleveland fan base that Kyrie Irving loves to guard Steph Curry and loves to play against Steph Curry, and Stephen Curry loves to guard Kyrie. They kind of have a little bit of a rivalry going. Right. And you and I both know that defense in the NBA, especially in the regular season, uh, you don't see full effort, and you shouldn't because you need to preserve yourself for offense in the playoffs. And I'm not saying Kyrie's going to start out uh, on staff necessarily, and I don't think he's going to spend most of the game on staff. I think you can probably hide him on Clay in that death lineup, especially if Clay's is continually uh, not going to shoot as well. But I'm not going to be surprised. In fact, I'm going to expect both Kyrie and Curry to guard each other uh, for many points in this series.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That that's interesting, and and I think I think you alluded to a, a great point right there is that rivalry and that they will they will guard each other, and and you know where, where I thought you were going with that was just a simple motivation factor because a lot of defense is motivation.
0: Yeah, that too. I was so, kind of I meant yeah.
3: Yeah. So um. Yeah. So definitely, I think I think Kyrie will because I I think you know obviously Kyrie possesses the ability to be a pretty good defender because of his quick hands. You know he's he's obviously a very quick uh, guard in general. He can keep up with any guard in the league if he wants to. Um, so so you know he he has the capability to to make great defensive plays. I mean we saw in Game One of the 2015 Finals that block on Curry. My God, I still don't know how he got that. That was right. Yeah. So. I mean I see. ya. I'm
0: honestly more concerned, and I'm sure you were you're about to ask me this. I'm more concerned in, in regards to the death line about who Kevin Love is guarding.
3: Yep, that's where I was going to transition <laughs> to next is is Kevin Love. And so Kevin Love, this is a two-part thing. So first, let's stick with the defense. But then I want to talk about the fact that he played, and I had the stat in yesterday's podcast, so I wish I, wish I had it um, on me offhand, but I don't. And the stat was basically that Kevin Love played 158 minutes LeBron James played like 270, minutes, I believe, and Kyrie was like 243, some something along those lines. So Kevin Love was essentially over 100 minutes less than LeBron in the playoffs. Now, granted, he had that concussion issue, but still, um, Kevin Love did not play a lot this year. So, so we'll tackle we'll tackle first the defensive side to stick with the defensive theme, but then I want to kind of jump into the offensive side and just the the sheer role of kevin love like what will be in this series will it be like last year where he doesn't play much or will it be like this year because i think that's a very interesting conversation because Mm -hmm. his his defense and offense is a double-edged sword in a way so um so let's start defensively then with kevin love um you know i i expect him to from jump uh in the starting lineup i expect him to guard zaza um i think i think that just makes the most sense throw thompson on green um, and let Z and and throw love on zaza and um I, I I like that I like that matchup um I like that matchup for Kevin love you know zaza is obviously not going to be any type of focal point but zaza only really plays about you know 10 15 minutes a game so uh so so the real question is what do they do with the death ball lineup because I think when, whenever McGee or Zaza are in, I think the option should be to throw Love there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if Love's on the court at the same time. And then for the death lineup, though, that's very interesting. LeBron, I think I think it's best for – because part of that, too, is where do you put LeBron? Now, last year they put LeBron on Harrison Barnes, let him play free safety. I think they're going to do that again, but with Iguodala. Um, yeah. And so I think LeBron will be on Iguodala slash free safety. So then Love plays Draymond. I mean, it has to be Draymond because it's not going to be Kevin Durant, right? It probably won't be, but there's going to be times, as yeah. I said,
0: in this pick-and-roll type of game where I'm he's just saying, going to get switched on to, Yeah, no, I hear what, you.
3: What Cleveland wants to do is they, they want him to be on Draymond in the death lineup, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, just – yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, so – I mean, yeah, go ahead Go ahead and elaborate on that if you were going to. I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Well, this is where I think the Cavs are in the most trouble is just defensively because the Warriors have so many weapons. Now, the biggest point being upgrading Harrison Barnes, who was horrendous in the final three games of the finals last year, he shot something like 5 for 32 from the field. I mean, you've upgraded that position with a Kevin Durant, who is not going to shoot – 5-32 of 32 from the field <laughs> right. in a three-game span. That is my, if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, I will guarantee that. That it is, is not, not happening. <laughs> but, exactly. And this is where the Cavs are in trouble, because both of these, uh, most just sticking to the Warriors right now, they have so many guys like Durant, who can shoot over someone. I mean, how many of these shots that Kevin Durant shoots are, are contested? So many are, and he still hits them. But on the flip side, I think uh, Kyrie Irving does an unbelievable job at shooting over defenders' hands and and making something out of nothing and being impossible to guard on the ball. And that's what I think makes this series so fascinating. So it, you have to decide if you're Cleveland. And you could do it a game-by-game basis. It's obviously a series, and you adjust but I'll be interested to see what they decide to go to game one as their overall defensive philosophy for the game, whether or not they want to protect the paint and maybe leave Tristan in the paint area. And and as you saw in the Boston series, the Cavs just own the paint and that is a big reason they won, you know, the rebounding battle they dominated the second chance point battle. They dominated the points in the paint battle, LeBron and Tristan tore them to shreds. And I think, the way the Warriors are set up defensively, that can happen again in this series. But then if you're leaving Tristan and LeBron back in the paint on defense, uh, you know, and you, you force Kevin Love to guard a perimeter guy like a Kevin Durant, it gets a bit complicated for the Cavs and a bit worrisome because you're basically daring a great jump shooting team to shoot more jump shots. Right. So I'm not sure what the right answer is because Cleveland has, you know, Done a terrific job in this postseason, just kind of dominating the paint defensively, and even against a Boston team that plays like the Warriors and it's spread out, nobody behind uh, crosses the free throw line without the ball. Get back for transition type of play. You know, Boston plays a similar style to the Warriors, and in Cleveland was able to pick those. You know, that team to shreds. So you have to make a choice if you're Tyloo whether or not you're going to own the paint. Say you're not getting layups, you're not getting easy ones, and we're going to force you to hit clutch, you know, deep three pointers and jump shots in the NBA Finals, which might be the right choice. Or on the flip side, is you, you leave Kevin Love in the paint, like you said, and and not own the paint.
3: Right. Yeah, and and that's that's very interesting. So um, so you kind of you kind of alluded to a lot of things there. Um, Kevin Love. So so, uh, we'll get. We'll close, we'll close with Kevin Love and then we'll move on to something you said, which is, which is that, um, that defensive focus um, overall as well as, as well as just the battle of the boards, which I think is going to be a huge part of this series. Uh, so with Kevin Love, uh, real, real quickly, how do you, let's, looking at the offensive side of the ball and just the overall impact and role of Kevin Love, do you think he's going to play more or less minutes than he did last year We'll say average-wise because, you know, 158, yeah. you know, it depends on how long the series goes, how much he averages or yeah. how much he plays. But.
0: I, I think it has to be more uh, just the way he's been playing Yeah. in the postseason this year. If Kevin Love plays as well as he d- did in the Boston series offensively in this series, the guys are going to win. I mean, I mean, like, you just can't stop that team. Like, that is – I mean, with all those guys rolling, like, they're rolling, I'm just expecting a little bit. Of a you know a finals hangover regression, you, shrinking in the moment type thing. I, but again, Kevin Love is a great player, and I think he, specifically one of the reasons everyone is so hyped on the Warriors and and why they're such big favorites, Chris, and why you're hearing people say that this isn't going to be close. And I, I've been saying this for a while now. Is I think people underestimate Kevin Love. Yeah. I think everyone knows everyone knows LeBron's great. And I think almost everyone knows Kyrie's great now. But then you look at it and a lot of average basketball fans say, Well, the Warriors have four great players. Or even three. And the Cavs have two. But Kevin Love, man, if he gets his twenty and twelve every game in this series. He's a great player. He's fantastic. Yeah. Especially on offense. And he what, he's shooting over fifty uh, he's shooting almost fifty percent from the three point line in the postseason, shot fifty-four percent from the three point line in the Boston series. He shot seven of 13 from threes in one of the games in the Boston series. I mean, that is a lethal uh, set of numbers there for the Cavs that you really hope stays with its course in the finals.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think so to, to come back and circle around to Kevin Love uh, over under minutes, I definitely think he's got to play over. I think he's got to be a huge part um, just because the Warriors are so much better offensively than they, than they were last year. And that's and they're going to need they're going to need to they're not going to win with a big two against a big four, quote unquote, Um, you know, with with uh, Durant, Green, Clay and, and Steph versus and it's not just going to be LeBron and Kyrie and then role players like they need Kevin Love to be a star. And I think one of the ways that he can um, dominate is obviously by scoring the ball very well and being that force, but um also being. A rebounder, like he has to be a rebounding machine, and that transitions to the rebound, the battle of the boards. Now, um, if you hang with me a quick second, uh, I'll search basketball. I'll go to Basketball Reference for the um, for the 2016 NBA Finals, and I'll pull up the board count because I I said it on the podcast uh, that I that I just uploaded recently that was recorded, I believe, on Tuesday now, and mm-hmm. and so. Um, Basically basically I, I believe it was overall it was like a seventy board difference. Okay, so the so the Cavs total rebounds was um three hundred and seven and the Warriors total rebounds was um two hundred and seventy nine. So about a thirty rebound difference.
0: Well, didn't the Cavs play an extra game though?
3: No, I'm saying, I'm saying this is in the series. Oh, oh, back in state. My bad. I thought you were gonna be a Little, sorry about that. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, this is, uh, this is last year's 2016 NBA Finals.
0: So, um, no, it's rebounding matters. We've, I mean, that's like a basic part of basketball. Uh, it was the philosophy that almost everyone had ten years ago, even was like, if you win the, if you dominate the two feet by the basket, you're gonna win the game. Yeah. And I think nowadays there's ways to win the game like Golden State has that you know kind of go against that rule yeah but at the end of the day that's really valuable stuff
3: yeah especially when when you're playing a team like Golden State where you know every fast break is usually three points like you know what I'm saying so those those add up really quickly if you if you can um you know keep keep the ball out of their hands and kind of slow it down and 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 grind it out. You know, which I think Cleveland, I think that's going to be the style Cleveland goes to, like like last year. Um, and and so with that with that being said, like the rebound battle will be huge. And I think if Kevin Love, he had a total of forty one rebounds, um, only eight offensive. Uh, I expect those, I expect both those numbers to be higher this series if it goes more than five. I really do. I think Kevin Love's going to have a great series. I think he's going to average, I think he's going to average close to ten, if not more than ten rebounds a game. Um, so I, I expect Kevin Love to have, to have a huge series and you're right. I was one of the people to be fair. I was one of the people last year that said, you know, Kevin Love, I, I said last year that, that, um, that, that the Warriors were going to win in five. And because I said, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, yeah, that it hurt LeBron not having them, but defensively they were going to be too big of a liability and Golden State was just going to destroy the hell out of those matchups, and I was proven wrong because um, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were both very integral parts, especially Kyrie Irving, in the in the playoffs. Um, and so they showed that they they showed that they that they bring way more value offensively than they than they take away defensively. And so I think that I think that they're both going to get large minutes, and it's going to be it's going to be a real Cleveland big three. Now, the thing, the thing to move on from the boards that I think is interesting, is the whole Big Four versus Big Three, and you know you, when you have two stars like, uh, or when you have four stars like, uh, like Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Durant, versus LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love, those three stars. Is it crazy to say that I can see them? I can see them almost near canceling out because Draymond doesn't really score that much anymore.
0: No, it's not crazy at all. And I think if you were to draft those guys in a seven man draft, a lot of people would take Kevin Love over Draymond Green after the way he's played. And, you I know, as we said, Ky- well, Kyrie Irving in the finals at least has shown that he's a better player than Steph Curry. Right. So you're already looking at the first two picks of that theoretical draft being cavaliers players well no you take kevin
3: durant before
0: oh yeah you're right you're right
3: but yeah, i get what you're saying
0: i mean personally i i I think
3: i'm expecting a lot more from steph curry than what we saw last year in the final i I definitely think so (laughs) i think he's going to be a monster this year
0: if somebody look some someone's going to not have to play well as stupid as it sounds for the for the Cavs to someone on the warriors is not is gonna have to shrink in the moment and i'm telling you chris i have a gut feeling it's
3: kd wow. i
0: just ouch i mean look at the history of this guy i mean not like I'm a, i mean
3: not like not like i'm you know i'm i'm his brother or anything i' i i'm a fan of kd but i i i don't live and die by kd so i'm good but well, i'm just saying ouch that's a all right. Let That's me, a let hard me pick, roll Noah. out
0: the five best players in the series. So we'll take Kevin Love out because, as you said, you, you'd put Draymond over him. Yeah. Let's just say I'm giving you LeBron, Kyrie, KD, Steph, and Draymond. Those five guys, and you have to pick one of them to shrink in the moment, have some disappointing plays down the stretch, might be the one to blame for a loss here and there. Who's it going to be for you? For me, I I just I think it's Kevin Durant. I think. I think Kyrie and LeBron are coming to play, and I think Steph, when he's healthy, which he is now, he's coming to play too, and I'm just not a big believer would, in KD. I
3: would I would lean Steph or Kyrie in that situation, honestly, in that hypothetical, and not because Kyrie's shrinking at the moment, but because those guys, they can just get in a shooting funk. Durant is, I know he's basically a shooter, but he's, he's just an overall pure scorer when it comes down to it. I trust Dur- Durant... And you know, every everyone talks about, you know, Curry and Kyrie's game, but Durant has a more just overall well rounded and more more reliable um, more reliable offensive game when it comes yeah, to, I mean, being when it comes seven to being feet able helps. to score many ways, <laughs> yeah, and being seven feet, right. So I would I would say that, but you know, I, I get what you're saying. You're right. Like of these of these six players, of these or of these seven players, which are all probably gonna be Hall of Famers when it's said and done. Of these of these seven players, I think that I think that you, you're right. We're gonna see one or two shrink, or maybe the, not maybe not shrink, but just not perform. Chris, Kyrie, the pressure the pressure's all on KD. Am I wrong? It it is, but uh, it is. But KD's had great playoff performances, and I know he hasn't. He he's he's you know he you know he had the whole three one, and he blew the three one lead before the three one lead was a thing, and. I get that, but with with Kevin Durant, I mean, he, did he not play well? I think I think he played. He's he's always been very consistent, even in the finals when he lost to LeBron. He averaged, I don't know, I don't remember how many, but I believe it was north of twenty six. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll out
0: one of my takes uh, of this podcast right now, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say that there will be at least one game in the series. That Warriors fans slash people who really want the Warriors to win this series are they're going to point to Kevin Durant and ask where, where was he? I'm I'm telling you now there will be one game. Now I think right after that game he'll respond and have a monster game. But there's going to be a game. I'm we're gonna it's, it's a gentleman's bet, Chris. You can hold me to it. Mm-hmm. There will be a game where you would have that you, you're going to be disappointed in Kevin Durant's effort and success in that game.
3: Yeah, very very. Hold f- me to it. Okay, I'm I'm definitely holding you to it. I'm not agreeing to that whatsoever. But um, one thing one thing I kind of want to talk about before before we get out of here is that the way the Cavs uh, structured their bench, and you said and you said it's kind of an argument of you know who has the better supporting cast um, when you take out the stars. And I think that Cleveland definitely has a better I think supporting cast um, because one of the big differences I said I said on the podcast with Max earlier, which was that. You know, subbing out Eman Schumpert for Kyle Corver, that's huge. So much of the Warriors game plan was about was about a, letting Schumpert take nine million corner threes. You know, <laughs> he, what had I'm that, saying?
0: he had that one and one three I remember in game <laughs> yeah. seven.
3: Yeah, and then and then J.R. Smith even struggled too. So like J.R. Smith slash Eman Schumpert. Yeah. That that was like that was a thing. Now I expect Jr to be a lot better. And Kyle Corver is obviously going to be a lights-out shooter. So with with that being said, that's a huge part – that's a huge wrinkle of Golden State's defense that is kind of almost taken away. I I agree. I think this is the best team
0: John James has ever had going into a finals. I agree. And I, that's why, you know, I've said it. I said it at the beginning of the series. I don't know if we're doing predictions now. No, not not yet because I, I, okay. I got one more point. All right, one more point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. This the the improved three-point shooting on this team uh, is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. for the Cavs. And we saw it. they literally scored 75 points at half the other night in Boston. I mean, as someone who has watched the NBA for as long as you have, Chris, and I have, it just watching that seventy-five point first half just made me remember all those games that didn't even happen that long ago. Hack throw out games from less than ten years ago. Big playoff games, big finals games where the final score was like 75 to 72. Right. I mean, our Pistons had many of those. And the Cavs had 75 at half. Yeah. So I just think it's absolutely incredible, the offensive machine that they built.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so the last thing I wanted to point out, and this is huge, and I talked to Max about it, and I talked to Rob about it, and I've hammered this home as one of the biggest points and one of the biggest reasons why... I think people are underestimating Cleveland, and that's when you took when you took down Bogut, right? Bogut had, yeah. uh, he was he was he. I mean, obviously there was kind of at, at that point in Bogut's career, there was kind of a myth to his rim protection aura that he had, but he was mm-hmm. still he was still like their their bona fide rim protector, and he still was was a very solid rim protector, but once he went down. LeBron James and Kyrie just walked to the rim. And you know what? This is this may be a hot take, but when you look at it, when you look at it just in a vacuum, I'll take I'll take layups from two of the all-time greatest finishers. Not saying they are the top 2, but two of the in the conversation for all-time greatest finishers, LeBron James and Kyrie at the rim. I I'll take I'll take I'll take a team with those two guys finishing at the rim as opposed to a team shooting threes. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, yeah, I mean,
0: didn't we see that in in the finals last year? As you said, right. when Bogut went down, like that's why the Cavs won. Like Game Seven, the, the Warriors, especially in the fourth quarter, like just couldn't shoot any of their jump shots. Like they missed all of them.
3: Yeah, and then LeBron got to the rim, and Kyrie got to the rim, and you know what? It, it's easier to make a layup than a three. You know, <laughs> like, and that's
0: why I think the tra- you know these series are so interesting. There, there's prop look. If, I'd had to, if I were to map it out, I'm I'm going to say there's probably at least two blowouts that are going to happen. Like I, I think there will be a game where Golden State kills Cleveland. I think there will be a game where Cleveland kills them like last year. But it, 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 look, I, I don't know where you stand on this. I think it's going to be a really cl- uh, close series in terms of games. I think this is going six or seven, and at that point it's going to be – in game in, in game six, if the Cavs are up three two, or in game seven if it's three to three, similar to last year, who's gonna be able to attack and finish in the last five minutes of those big games? Like, you know, it's easy to hit all your threes up twelve in the second quarter of, you know, game one at home, but you know, the moment changes and your style of play changes based on the moment and situation you're in. So I'm just telling you this right now. I'm expecting freakouts and overreactions on both sides. I don't know which one will happen first, but I think there will be a game where Golden State kills Cleveland. I think there will be a game where Cleveland kills Golden State. Hmm.
3: That's very interesting. And you know what? I will say – I will end with this um, before we jump into predictions and wrap it up uh, – is that Golden State got Kevin Durant specifically for that. They they That was the talk was that Golden State was like, we – 1 Steph Curry cannot carry this load forever and 2 Kevin Durant we need a guy that can get a bucket when things get ugly against Cleveland and you know what Kevin Durant is one of the best at doing that so we'll we'll see how it plays out you're right but uh but yeah y- yeah you're totally right when it comes down to it my money in a close game is almost always going to be on Cleveland because of LeBron yeah. so it depends on does Cleveland make this a close series and, and do they close that gap defensively. So between that, the battle of the boards, which I think is going to be a lot closer this year because I mapped it out. Golden State have five. Golden State has five players who I think will, will spend minutes at center in this series if it goes more than five games. And that's David West, uh, Zaza Bichulia, J- uh JaVale McGee, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. All five of those guys could see minutes at the five. And last year Cleveland was the team that had the bigger size advantage and the depth up at the front. But this year, even though Cleveland's got the overall deeper bench, and I think a better bench, I the Warriors have the better front court. So to me, that's why between that closing the gap and Durant being able to get those buckets late in the stretch, which I think he'll get he can get enough. And he's performed in big moments before, so unlike you, I'm very confident in Kevin Durant performing in the clutch. So I <laughs> look, going, I'm going Warriors in six. Okay, I, I think, have too much respect for LeBron to give anything less than anything. Yeah, less well, than at least you're games. there.
0: I I I think Cleveland's gonna thrive off of the Warriors' second unit, and I mean, obviously, they're gonna try and game plan to make it where at least they're not throwing out five. Second tier guys at the same time, but you know, the times in the game, maybe late first quarter, second quarter, where you don't have your best lineup out there. Cleveland has done this in all their series so far. They're actually a really great team offensively with the LeBron and the second unit lineup, where you have LeBron, Darren Williams, um, Corver, Shannon Fry, and it's just a bunch of shooting threes and LeBron. I mean, that lineup. I think, can really win the uh, second unit battle with the Warriors. So that's a key thing to look out for. But, you know, here's my whole take with the the prediction. You know, and what I hate about it is, is like, you don't know. I mean, we're sitting here talking, and the more I think of it, the more I can just see either team winning. And that's why I think at the end of the day, as I said at the beginning of the show, it, it's a coin flip is how I view it. Uh, both teams have weapons that the other teams just cannot stop, right? Like, I think Kyrie and Steph at their best, like cannot be stopped. And heck, I'll even give you Kevin Durant and LeBron, of course. Like you can't put a defender on those guys and say, Hey, stop him. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, Avery Bradley is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Right. Or you could say best guard defenders. Kyrie torched him, torched him in the last series. Clay Thompson guarded Kyrie Christmas day. What happened? Kyrie torched him. So, you know, that's what makes this series so great, just there's so many unpredictable elements and so many weapons that each team has that um neither team can stop.
3: yeah, I agree, and so um one last thing before you go that you brought up that I forgot to brought up so um what first off, what was your prediction, and second off, with lebron um how big how how much do you think it will affect him not? "Quote unquote, having a, a being able to play free safety because now the Warriors have Kevin Durant instead of Harrison Barnes. Yeah,
0: it's a good question. I, it's a difference for sure, but I do think there'll be times where they can still put uh, LeBron on Iguodala or somebody not as great yeah, as Kevin they'll play Durant. free
3: safety with Iguodala. That's what I think. Yeah, but in in the death lineup, but um, you
0: could maybe you know." You could put Shumpert in on defense to help out uh, if you want to go small with the Warriors. Well, that's a you know that's a great question to end on. If the Warriors do, I mean, when the Warriors go small like that and have KD or Draymond at the five, whoever you want to call it, you know those are your two bigs. Mm-hmm. Should the Cavs leave Tristan Thompson on the floor and just kind of you know have him torch them in the paint, or do they go small too and maybe bring in Shumpert and put Love at the
3: five? You know, I'm all for giving Schumpert little minutes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that that's mean, but you know, I I don't know. He just hasn't he just hasn't really impressed me recently. I hear you. I, yeah. I I think I think he's lost he's lost a step defensively, and that step has been the huge difference between him not being a liability and him kind of starting to be a liability. So I think, and, and it's not only that, but just in theory, I think the Cavs should should go big against the against it because you know what with with Tristan Thompson he's a good enough defender perimeter defender that I feel confident in him you know um and like you said you're not going to stop Kevin Durant you're not going to stop um Steph when they're when they're having their moments they're having their moments so it's more or less what you do about what's what's around them and so that's why I think you go big because that will be your time your only time you can take advantage of the boards because I think with Javale McGee, Zaza Pachulia, those guys in, Cleveland will have a slight rebounding advantage with with Thompson and Love, but when but when the Warriors go with a traditional center with Draymond, um, that that rebounding gap isn't that big, and I think that when you go when Cleve, or when Gold State goes small, I think that Cleveland should attack it by going big, especially because Kevin Love is playing phenomenal, and um, I think if he just plays aggressive and hard. And crashes the glass both offensively and defensively, along with Thompson, who you know um, I'm looking at the numbers now. And Thompson had how many offensive rebounds? He had 27 offensive rebounds in seven games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, like these guys are going to get on the boards. These guys are definitely going to get on the boards. So I'm very confident um, that I'm very confident that they can get enough rebounds. And at the end of the day, that's taking away possessions from the death lineup. And the, more possess- the less possessions you give the death lineup, the better. So I say go big.
0: I hear you. So here it is, Chris. You want the prediction? Yes. Give me that. I'm hop. going, I'm, I'm going, uh, going Cavs and six.
3: Okay. Opposite of
0: me. Look, I think, I think the rest – we didn't talk about this. I'm just going to finish it up on this. Yeah. I think the rest is going to benefit LeBron. LeBron's always better on rest. Yep. The fact that the finals are more spread out this year than they have ever been – There'll be like three days in between each game. Uh, that all benefits LeBron and the Cavs, 100% does. And I, I'm the only one who thinks this is going to matter apparently, but I don't like the fact that Steve Kerr's not coaching.
3: I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Okay, that's that's yeah, a you're loss. On my
0: side. Like, like I, I
3: know he's going to LeBron knows out. it's a loss too because he had Mike Brown as a coach.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, are we really going to expect this guy to, uh, you know, come through in the clutch with these – you know when it's two minutes left in the fourth, what play call? What, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see. But I think, um, I think rest favors the Cavs. Coaching and lastly, and I kind of alluded to this earlier with Kevin Durant, there is no pressure on the Cavs right now, and I, I really believe it. I think the pressure is all on the Warriors, and right. I think that is going to play a huge role psychologically for these guys. So I'm taking I'm taking the Cavs in six
3: okay i see i i just i can't see the warriors losing four out of six so it i i understand cleveland no, but, but if i were to take cleveland i would i would have to go seven personally but like i said i'm going with warriors in six um, i don't
0: know man i i don't know if we've seen enough from either of these teams at this point i don't think either team played anyone in the playoffs which makes right. this even more fascinating like yeah. like well i've seen a lot of people trashing on the lebron's easy path. Like, I'd argue the Warriors had an easier path, honestly. Like, they played Portland without Nurkic, and the Trailblazers were awful all year until they got Nurkic. They played the Jazz, who, you know, were a bunch of babies who have never been there before. George Hill was hurt. Rudy Gobert was banged up. And then they play the Spurs, and Kawhi Leonard's in, and the Spurs are dominating. I'm not going to say they're going to win the series, but we finally see them play a real team with a star, and he unfortunately goes down, and the whole series has changed. I I don't think either team has had any... Uh, you know, enough competition on either end of the playoffs this year uh, for me to say, like, ah, that offensive rating that Cleveland has is so great in the playoffs, how can I not pick them? Or, oh, my God, the you know, the defensive rating the Warriors have was just so great against these crap teams. You know, like, who cares? Like, I, just, I need to see it, man. And that's why I'm sticking with and 6, that's why I'm sticking with the fact that I think either team can win, and I'm not writing either one off.
3: All right, there you have it. There you have it. Interesting takes. We'll see. We'll see who's right. I'm glad we're going against each other and let the hate begin because I said all year I was rolling with Cleveland, but I changed my mind now that I started to change my mind honestly around the first or second round of the playoffs. Um, even though, even That's though Cleveland true. was, even though Cleveland was playing spectacular, but you know, You're change your mind. Why did I change it in the regular season when they like actually shit? <laughs> well, you know, because. Because I, I just knew that that was just a phase of they didn't care. Like, yeah. honestly. And, and, you know, it, it's so hard to measure because both of these teams have just breezed through. Like, I'm so glad we got it. Everyone said, you know, how boring the playoffs have been. But you know what? I'm all for the playoffs being like this every year. If we get a one-week buildup where every team has one week to get fully healthy and mm-hmm. prepare, I think every I think that they have – I think both teams are pretty much ready for everything already. And so I think that that's going to make a great series from the jump, and I think it's going to be competitive. I really do. I think Cleveland's going to ratchet it up defensively. They're, but, again, at the end of the day, they have too many matchups for uh, that Golden State can exploit. And so that's why I'm rolling with the Warriors. All right,
0: Chris. Hopefully we can do another podcast soon during the series, see how oh, yeah, our predictions will. are rolling. Especially if there's that Kevin Durant uh, – Shrinking in the moment game. I'm definitely going to demand. There's a podcast right after.
3: <laughs> All right, Noah. Um, thank you for coming out, buddy. And yeah, like you said, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be back uh, for for yes. Game Six when the Golden State Warriors win it in Cleveland oh, get again. Out of here. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> nope.
0: And uh, have fun watching this game tomorrow night. It's going to be terrific. Yeah. No problem, man. Take
3: care.